0: We acknowledge the traditional landowners of this country. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. We would particularly like to acknowledge the traditional landowners of the land on which we stand. I am on Wiradjuri land. Tam stands on the land of the Dharawal people and Laurie on the land of the Turrawal people. We express our great gratitude in sharing this land with you.
1: Remember our disclaimer materials and content in this podcast are intended as general information only and should not be substituted for medical advice, diagnosis,
2: or treatment. Well, hello and welcome to the Pelvic Health Podcast. This is Lori Forner, and I am coming on to tell you that we are going to try something new on the podcast. So, Ever since we have started this, I have always liked to interview very cool people um, based on the research that they're doing or the clinical work that they're doing. And we're going to definitely continue to do that. But because we seem to only be able to do that or organize it once a month, we wanted to have people to be able to listen to something else within that meantime as well. So. Uh, maybe it was Tam came up with a brilliant idea. Could have been Joe. Either one. Brilliant. Um, about doing some little clinical tips. And we couldn't decide on what was a great name for it. I obviously came up with some inappropriate names that I will not say. Um, but we're going to keep them short. We just wanted you guys to have some great information. So we're just going to do some little clinical tips. So today, um, they Joe and Tam turned it on to me and i had to come up with five clinical tips about using transperineal ultrasound for the pelvic floor in physiotherapy so i hope you guys enjoy so actually before i get let you listen to the episode i do want to highlight the conference on endometriosis that's happening in brisbane this year friday october 27th 2023 pb is back So paving the best way forward for endometriosis brought to you by the Physiotherapy Clinic. It is one day of sharing knowledge, up-to-date research and clinical insights from leaders in the field of female health, particularly the complexities of endometriosis we hope to join forces on a mission to better understand this disease and collaborate on effective multidisciplinary ways to treat it. So when I say multidisciplinary, I really mean it. The speakers are absolutely brilliant. And this is open to everyone working with this. So doctors, exercise professionals, health professionals, fitness professionals, physiotherapists, um, everybody. So if I, so when and where we've got at the Rivershed Howard Smith Wharfs, which is in Brisbane. It is the coolest place. It is absolutely gorgeous. It's nine to five. So it's a whole day confirmed speakers. We've got Eliza Bernardi, I'm speaking. Dr. Susan Evans is coming. Dr. Jane Berryman, who's an anesthetist. Zoe Wallace, Tam speaking. Joe's speaking. Elizabeth Cullen, Dr. Peter Wright. Lisa Birmingham is speaking, Professor Jason Abbott is coming, Dr. Armani Harris, Ruth Sherbert, Elise Fraser, Amelia Martin, Dr. Kelly Tatham, and more. Oh my gosh, it is going to be brilliant. So theme one, understanding the fundamentals and symptoms of endometriosis. Theme two, current management strategies for endometriosis. Theme three, the future of women with endometriosis. And... You do not miss it because it is going to sell out. Um, I can't remember how many tickets are left. So if you are listening to this book in, if you are international overseas, I don't know what's happening yet. I think last year, um, if they had enough people that were attending, they were able to afford to stream it and get the camera people. Um, I'll double check on that. But please come. It'll be so much fun. And I'll put the link in the show notes so that you can find tickets. Okay, enjoy. Today Joe we Tam. have Joe <laughs> and Tam. And Joe Hello. is gonna talk to us about differentiating between external urethral sphincter, external anal sphincter, and levators, or something practical like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am, with a massive disclaimer at the beginning saying we have made this up. This is not scientific. This is just what we found clinically
1: in all honesty, I can feel what you're talking about with all of this, um, you know, feeling the urethral <laughs> I can feel it. I feel it. But I would say that in my mind, it isn't going to come on independently fully. Okay. It you will... need to talk about
2: what this is because now I don't know what you're saying. No, I know. Okay. It's just because oh, I could okay. pick up.
1: Joe's dubiation is that a word? Okay, though? all right, yeah, Being no,
0: I'll start, I'll, Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start with dubiation. We'll go with, we'll go with anatomy and, and nerves. Play. Okay, so the external urethral sphincter, obviously striated muscle. Doctor Murdoch, under conscious control, <laughs> supplied by the pudendal nerve. Pudendal nerve comes off S two to four. Just in case we forgot. Now. Same with bulbo, right? So superficial pelvic floor muscles, bulbo spongiosis, transverse perinea, ischiocavernosis, pudendal nerve, s 2s 4 Okay. Yeah. So bulbo, transverse perinei, ischiocavernosis, they can all contract in isolation. Um, so I would argue that
2: external urethral sphincter can contract in isolation.
0: From um, wait, from
2: do you mean from each other? Ischiocavernosis can contract by itself and none of the other pelvic floor. Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying, no, I'm
0: saying the superficial pelvic floor as a group. Yeah, you know, isolated from the deep is this what you mean? Yes. From the levators. Okay, thank yeah.
2: you. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I agree yeah. with that. So why then couldn't external urethral sphincter contract in isolation from the levators?
1: Not you know that Paul Hodges has done research. Bulbo on what I'm talking about squeeze, squeeze. Oh, you're saying
0: that bol- um external urethral sphincter and bulbo work synergistically. Yeah, because oh, I, I thought possibly. you were saying
1: it didn't. And well, i I think it I thought, think can
0: yeah. I, I can feel uh, I think I can feel a urethral sphincter contraction without Bulbo kicking in. But um I might be wrong
2: too. Is that um, because they lost I Bulbo?
0: No, not necessarily. Um, and again, I mean, it's not a research project, right? So we haven't haven't felt it across a number of but enough bodies to go. Um, yep, that one's that's Bobo's off, Bobo's on, Bobo's. But I get Tam's point. Like they're supplied by the same innovation. Does it matter? Probably not. <laughs> but um, what I do think matters though is that we differentiate at least the superficial system and external urethral sphincter away from the levators. If you are trying to improve someone's urethral closing pressure, that's what I think. And that's obviously because Taryn's been teaching us for years that there are multiple variables involved in urethral closing pressure of which external urethral sphincter is a massive one.
1: Yeah. For the base urethral
0: closure pressure. Yeah. For the base urethral closing pressure. And so over time we've then just started to play around with, well, A, how do we assess external urethral sphincter function? And B, how, how how do we train it? So we've just made it up. But now, Laurie, you're telling me that Paul Hodges has written a paper on it. So,
2: yeah. Well, and this is also what she was saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, kind and Ryan, Ryan. Yeah, and Ryan Stafford. I'm pretty. Oh, sure. I read that paper.
0: That was the uh, yeah. I, t- I spoke about that paper,
2: Tam. I remember can't the remember video. the specifics, I remember. but I thought they did needle EMG, or someone has done needle EMG, but I don't remember what the aim is. Maybe it was totally different. So, uh,
0: it was. Uh, yeah,
2: don't worry about hey, thinking about it, I, it because I'm gonna I add think add about this one
0: it because I remember it too, and I can't quite remember what the but I even i even did a video on it. I <laughs> Hey, hey, Laurie,
1: can you see yeah. it on ultrasound? I actually haven't, I should have. Uh, urethral synchro, can we see it if we can? Yeah,
2: well, and so you know know what that's what I mean. Often, like, that's what Paul, so you can see it with a good machine. Oh. <laughs> Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> no mine is a good machine it's just old um uh, ours then um, has no hope maybe <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no I deep. don't yeah I do not think you'll be able to see it I've been able to see it work in people who's are really good because if you when you're looking at the ultrasound if you think of kind of where the urethra is you'll mm. see this remember muscle good thick strong muscles like hyper which means it's white, it's whiter. Mm. So you'll see this in the area that it should be in this nice, bright white hole. I mean, there's nothing else there. What else would that be? Right. Yeah. Um, so there is a way, and I know that there has been imaging studies on imaging the external urethral sphincter.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, I'll share my clinical evaluation yes. because I mean, I yes, think um, we'll get, we'll get back to everyone about the research, <laughs> but essentially if once you do your palpate the levators, then you turn your pads up so that the pads are now palpating the anterior wall and you always orientate yourself to the pubic bone. I always, if you can have two fingers internally, which of course you can't always, but if you can I always just imagine that my fingers are straddling the urethra. Well, the cues that tend to seemingly work is just to get the patient to imagine that they're closing off the urethra just under the pubic bone. So I will often put my hand or their hand on their pubic bone and say, just under that bone is your urethra. Imagine that you're just trying to close off the urethra and you will feel this lift that I don't think is coming from Bulbo, but it might be. (laughs) Um, And then imagine that you're trying to draw urine back up the tube and you'll just feel this kind of sense of lift and drawing which is not the levators because you've, you can definitely feel, like if you could turn your head it down in the yeah. moment and put your hand on the levators, you'll feel the levators aren't necessarily coming in. Um, and they might be in some people, but you can teach them to differentiate between the two. And the relevance of that is then you can get them to train the external urethral sphincter and you can get them to train the levators. And hopefully the combination of the two will improve their base urethral closing pressure.
1: I like the drawing the urine up the straw, Laurie, I reckon.
2: Yeah. That's a nicer one. I'd heard someone say, like, think of sucking a milkshake up through Ooh. the straw. which I don't like milk. And then with yeah. the external
0: anal sphincter, it's exactly the same, except um, the, the the skill <laughs> is in the cueing, I think, because obviously now you've got your pads down, which is very similar to um, palpating the levator plate. But Yeah, so we're um, talking
1: external anal sphincter vaginally.
0: Yes, Yep. Yeah. yes. So in the case, for whatever reason, you can't do an anal exam, but you want to get a sense of what this um, external anal sphincter might be doing, um, I usually demonstrate with a picture that it's circular this muscle and you're just getting them to squeeze like they're trying to stop wind. And then usually you will then ask them to squeeze harder and that's when you'll feel the levators kick in. So if you try and sort of structure it so that it's one step and then the second step you'll feel anal sphincter and then you'll feel the levators kick in it well, you becomes, feel a?
1: Mm, sorry sorry a pull up from the sphincter like a lift do you know what i mean like a uh, no
0: you'll feel it's
1: more like a um, like if you a imagine closed. a
0: cylinder under your finger and it's more like the cylinder is constricting closing Uh So you won't feel a lift. You'll just feel this closure. And then when when you feel the lift, you know, that's puborectalis. Cool. Which I think without a 3D ultrasound also becomes quite a nice additional assessment if you are worried about an avulsion, because you can definitely feel when there's no puborectalis kicking in on that cue of squeeze, squeeze harder like you're trying to, you're trying so hard to control wind, harder, try harder, try harder. And there's just no lift obviously not the only assessment tool you would use in that case, but a nice addition.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, when you guys are doing your 2d mid sagittal and you can see on the far right hand of the screen, when you're upside down, if someone's got a good anal external urethral sphincter, you'll see it in the machine. Like the angle you mean, well, you'll see some of the white, you'll see a piece of it. No, I don't look there. Okay. Okay. Well, you will see it in people who are really good. It's the same thing. You, when the urethral sphincter is really good, it's there. It's just not something that we measure that we're mm. looking at. Right. there so sure we looking related. at. Yes. But like, because think they do, um, they do like needle biopsies with ultrasound guided into the, you know, external urethral sphincter. So people who are like trained in doing it can do it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> not me. No, thanks. But yeah, so that <laughs> makes, that makes some, um, so much sense. That's really cool. I like that tip. Mm. Oh, They're give great. it a go. Give us
0: some Yeah. Feedback. Okay, this is just a little add-on to our clinical tips on the external urethral sphincter that we were talking about. We alluded to an article that I couldn't recall the author of, so we just wanted to add this in so you can all read this awesome article. Now, it's by Rafif Alderafani, and I'm really sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but it's called Task-Specific Differences in Respiration-Related Activation of Deep and Superficial Pelvic Floor Muscles. And it comes out of Queensland um, where all the great researchers seem to belong. Um, and it's really interesting because essentially it shows us that the superficial pelvic floor muscles are made Primarily of fast twitch fibers. And in fact, they switch on before the levator ANI in um, numerous tasks, including things like coughing and forced expiration. So we've been learning already over the years the importance of the superficial pelvic floor muscles. And I think this just adds another layer to that. So obviously, when we're thinking about training them, we need to consider the fact they're made up of fast twitch fibers. How that relates to what we were talking about with the external urethral sphincter, though, is a little different, um, I guess. But the link is is that the superficial pelvic floor muscles, as you know, are also supplied by the pudendal nerve. So sometimes we think about uh, utilizing the superficial pelvic floor to boot up the external urethral sphincter by virtue of um, the fact they're supplied by the same nerve which of course is different to our deep levator ani. So we were discussing this sort of different cue and the fact that in our clinic we consider training external urethral sphincter um, in isolation from the levator ani and we think about the two differently. But perhaps you can combine your superficial Pelvic floor muscle training with your external urethral sphincter training. So it's a really great article. It was written in uh, or published in 2019 um, in the Journal of Applied Physiology. If you want to look that up, um, I'm sure we can put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to just add on here is that I've since doing that um, little clinical tips podcast have looked at the different Q under transperineal ultrasound. And I was saying that I think you can isolate external urethral sphincter from the levators. Um, But I will say I'm pretty good at doing um, what I think or thought was external urethral sphincter versus levator ani. And actually under ultrasound you can see some levators kick in with that external urethral sphincter cue. So I'm probably wrong that you can't necessarily isolate it but if you try it out yourself and have a look under ultrasound you'll see that you don't um, get the same levator force uh, if you do a levator cue, you'll get a very you know strong obvious levator ani contraction under transperineal ultrasound if you do the external urethral sphincter cue that we were discussing you will get some levators it's just not quite the same so just a little disclaimer there. I did check that and I'm not quite right. But um, we do know that external urethral sphincter is very important in the continence mechanism. We do know that we lose strength in the external urethral sphincter as well as the internal urethral sphincter as we age. It's a very important variable to think about. It's something that we really think you should start assessing and consider training um a little differently to your levator ani okay that's it thanks very much bye
2: um okay so are, what are we calling this did we decide if we're not calling it we decided not to call it flip bits what were we calling it
1: no <laughs> no but this is a good outro <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know <laughs> i don't know what tips Okay. Cool.
2: Welcome to the hot (laughs) tips.